In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It is All Saints Day and Baptism Sunday. So we're going to proclaim the good news of Christ's church. If y'all are here, you may be in Christ's church. Paul prays in the book of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus that they would see the church for what it is. He says this, y'all... He does say y'all. Y'all were sealed by the promised Holy Spirit because y'all believed in Christ. This is verse 13. This Holy Spirit, Paul says, is like the layaway. It's like the deposit, the first fruit that God put in us for our everlasting life. And Paul continues and prays that the church would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, having the eyes of y'all's hearts enlightened, that y'all may know what is the hope to which he has called y'all. <clears throat> now, Paul may have said the hope to which he has called all y'all, because that's how you, that's how you say all y'all. Confirmed? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? God put all things under Jesus' feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, I've made some uh, big promises to people who care a lot about this that I would try to preach in less than 20 minutes, but I could preach for 40 on that last verse. But do you hear it? Do you hear Paul says the church houses the Spirit of God? Together, we are in his inheritance, meaning God has deposited his very life in us and we house that life together. This takes faith to see. It takes enlightened hearts to see. That's why Paul prays for that. But that's not all, church. We are the fullness of Christ's because we are his deposit. We fill as the body of Christ by the spirit of Christ everything in every way. Church, today we proclaim that we house the Spirit of God. Church, we are the very fullness of Christ. With all the saints who've ever lived, dead, alive, we carry the treasure of God's presence and power in this world. You know, this is how Halloween came to be. Some of you celebrated Halloween this week. Some of us did. Maybe many of us did. All Saints Day, the day before, was called All Saints Eve. Another word for saints is holy, right? Holy people is how Andy read that translation today in the book of Ephesians. Another word for holy is hallowed, as in our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. So as in uh, <clears throat> the day before, all Hallowed day would be All Hallowed Eve, Halloween. And let's just say that ancient cultures, uh, even present cultures that preserve ancient ways of life, they're more in touch with this communion of saints, this, this treasury God's invested in all the church, living and dead, than we are. Isaiah, if I could have you turn down my mic just a little bit, I keep getting feedback as I talk. Uh, a, a chap, he's from Scotland, 
so I think I can call him a chap, named William Dalrymple, wrote a book called From the Holy Mountain. It's his travel log of his journey through ancient Christian monasteries about 30 years ago in the Middle East, Northern Africa, Eastern Africa, and Western Asia. In this book, he visits the monastery of St. Anthony at an oasis in the eastern desert of Egypt. This is the oldest monastery in the world. It was established by St. Anthony himself, who is kind of a baller because he invented the monastic tradition. He was the first monk, the first desert monk. So this monastery is still in existence today. And here is a a section of Darimple's accounting of this monastery. He says, The monks of St. Anthony remain wonderfully in the dark ages in their outlook and conversation. Exorcisms, miraculous healings, and ghostly apparitions of long-dead saints are to the monks what doorstep milk deliveries are to suburban Londoners. Unremarkable everyday occurrences that would never warrant a passing mention if foreigners did not always seem to be so inexplicably amazed by them. See up there, said Abuna Dioscorus, as I was finishing my egg. He pointed to the space between the two towers of the Abbey Church. In June 1987, in the middle of the night, our father St. Anthony appeared there, hovering on a cloud of shining light. You saw this, I asked? No, said Father Dioscorus. I am short-sighted. He took off his spectacles to show me the thickness of the glass. I can barely see the abbot when I sit beside him at supper, he said. But many other fathers saw the apparition. On one side of St. Anthony stood St. Mark the Hermit, and on the other was Abuna Eustace. Abuna Eustace? He's one of our fathers. He used to be the sacristan. So what was he doing up there? He had just departed this life. Oh, I said, I see. Officially, he's not a saint yet, but I'm sure he will be soon. His canonization is up for discussion at the next Coptic Synod. His relics have been the cause of many miracles. Blind children have been made to see. The lame have got up from their wheelchairs. All the usual sort of stuff. (laughs) Exactly. But you won't believe this. Here, Father Dioscorus lowered his voice into a whisper. You won't believe this, but we had some visitors from Europe two years ago, Christians of some sort, Protestants, who said they didn't believe in the power of relics. The monk stroked his beard, wide-eyed with disbelief. No, he continued, I'm not joking. (laughs) I had to take the Protestants aside and explain that we believe that St. Anthony and all the fathers have not died, that they live with us, continually protecting and looking after us. When they are needed, when we go to their graves and pray to their relics, they appear and sort out our problems. Can the monks see them? Who, Protestants? No, the deceased fathers. Abona Eustace is always appearing, said Father Dioscorus, matter-of-factly. In fact, one of the fathers had a half-hour conversation with him the day before yesterday. 
And of course, St. Anthony makes fairly regular appearances, although he is very busy these days answering prayers all over the world. But even when we cannot see the departed fathers, we can always feel them. And besides, there are many other indications that they are with us. What do you mean, I asked? What sort of indications? Well, take last week, for instance. The Bedouin from the desert are always bringing their sick to us for healing. Now, normally it's something quite simple. We let them kiss a relic, give them an aspirin, and send them on their way. But last week, they brought in a small girl who was possessed by a devil. We took the girl to the church, and it was time for the Vespers. One of the fathers went off to ring a bell for prayers. And when it saw this, the devil inside the girl began to cry, Don't ring the bell! Please don't ring the bell! We asked, Why not? Because, replied the devil, when you ring the bell, it's not just the living monks who come into the church. All the holy souls of the fathers join with them too, as well as the great multitudes of angels and archangels. How can I remain in the church when that happens? I'm not staying in a place like that. At that moment, the bell began to ring, the girl shrieked, and the devil left her. Father Dioscorus clicked his fingers, just like that. So you see, he said, it proves it. (laughs) So I figured it would be fitting to share this story when we have tons of visitors here who know nothing about our church. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it's a good ghost story on the week of Halloween. We have slightly different theology and practices at the table than the Coptic church does, okay? There's no relics here for you to kiss and pray to. Uh, and, frankly, who takes aspirin anymore? <laughs> so this is clearly just a different world than what we live in. But we confess every week we believe in the communion of the saints. It's one of the reasons I was a little late getting up to preach, because I thought we were going to do that today. But we weren't going to do that today. Later, we're going to do the Apostles' Creed later. This is what happens when we travel. Uh, Ben and I don't get to talk about these things. (laughs) What are we doing? We're going to confess in the Apostles' Creed we believe in the communion of saints. This is what we mean by that. This is what we mean. The saints, living and dead, are with us. They're with us. A great cloud of witnesses, as the book of uh, the writer of Hebrews calls them. United by the Spirit of Christ as God's inheritance, says Paul in Ephesians. Church, remember your baptism. Church, we are the house of the Spirit of God. Church. We are the communion of saints, the very fullness of Christ with all the saints living and dead. We carry the treasure of God's presence and power in this world. And this is what baptism signifies. This is why we do baptism in the church, not in somebody's backyard. If you were baptized in the backyard, it counts. But, the, but baptism isn't a private individual ceremony. I'm sorry if I'm the first person to tell you this. It's personal. Don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. It's personal, but it's not private. It's personal, but it's not, it's not a, uh, just about you or even primarily about you. It's a joining into a community, both living and dead, that will endure for eternity, that Paul says houses the Spirit of God and is in fact the very fullness of Christ himself. 
that fills everything in every way. That is not just this church. That is not just the American church. That is not just the uh, conservative American church. That is not just the living church. That is not just the white church. That is the church living and dead. So I better dial it back or I'm not going to get under 20 here. Crawford's lemmings. You are initiating your child into the fullness of Christ this morning. Eliza, Atticus, and Florence are coming to share in the inheritance God has deposited in us by His Spirit. They will be prayed for, supported, discipled, loved, tickled, blessed, served, all of it, into the fullness of the communion of saints. They are now a part of All Saints Day. They are initiated into an eternal family. They become a part today of how Christ fills everything in every way. The very fullness of God. Church, remember your baptism. Remember that you house the Spirit of God. Remember that you are the fullness of Christ. He chooses to fill everything in every way. In and through the communion of saints, living and dead, here and departed, the veil that death brings is thinner than you think. So today, as we celebrate baptisms, remember that we carry the treasure, God's inheritance, God's powerful present spirit as the hope for the world. Amen? Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.